Good morning. <laughs> Welcome to Journey Church. Good morning, everybody. And all of you that are watching online, good morning. Glad you could join us. We're here to worship the Lord and uh, grow a little closer each day. So, hallelujah. Lord God, we just thank you for this day you've given us. 
Lord, you are, you are an awesome God. You are holy. The whole earth is filled with your glory, Lord. We just come before you today and ask that you would just touch our hearts. Don't let us leave here unchanged. Be with us each and every day. Let us leave here with your uh, glory and your spirit in us, Lord. Holy Spirit, we invite you in. Please empower us to be your hands and feet, Lord God. Well, let's stand if you're able to stand. And we stand and lift up our hands. Be any which way that's comfortable to, to worship, Lord. We stand and lift up our hands for the joy of the Lord is our strength. We bow down and worship Him now. How great, how awesome is He. Together we sing. Everyone sing. Holy is the Lord. stand and lift up our hands, for the joy of the Lord is our strength. We bow down and worship Him now, how great, how awesome is He, and together we sing, everyone sing, holy is the Lord, God Almighty, the earth filled with his glory holy is the lord god almighty the earth is filled with his glory the earth is filled with his glory and it's rising lord and it's rising up all around it's the anthem of the lord's renown and it's rising up all around is the anthem of the Lord's renown. And together we sing. Everyone sing. And together. Together we sing. Everyone sing. Holy is the Lord God Almighty. The earth is filled with his glory holy is the lord god almighty the earth is filled with his glory the earth is filled with his glory holy is the lord god almighty the earth is filled with his glory holy is the lord god almighty the earth is filled with his glory the earth is filled with his glory your glory lord the earth is filled with your glory the earth is filled with your glory yes lord you are holy 
praise you, Lord. Praise is rising, eyes are turning to you. We turn to you. Hope is stirring, hearts are yearning for you. We long for you. Cause when we see you, we find strength to face the day. In your presence, all our fears are washed away. They're washed away. Hosanna, Hosanna. You are the God who saves us. Worthy of all our praises. to you in your kingdom broken lives are made new you make us new cause when we see you we find strength to face the day in your presence all our fears are washed away because when we see you because when we see you we find strength to face the day in your presence all our fears are washed away they're washed away Hosanna Hosanna you are the God who saves us Worthy of all our praises, Hosanna, Hosanna, come have your way among us, we welcome you here, Lord Jesus, come have your way among us, we welcome you here, Lord Jesus, Hosanna, Hosanna. Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna. Yes, Lord. Lord, you are the God of wonders. Sky. The 
heavens are your tabernacle. Glory to the Lord on high. God of wonders beyond our galaxy. You are holy, holy. Universe declares your majesty. You are holy, holy, Lord of heaven and earth. 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 Yes, Lord. Early in the morning, I will celebrate the light. When I stumble in the darkness, I will call your name by night. God of wonders beyond our galaxy, you are holy, holy. Universe declares your majesty. You are holy, holy, Lord of heaven and earth. 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 Hallelujah to the Lord of heaven and earth. Hallelujah. To the Lord of heaven and earth, hallelujah, to the Lord of heaven and earth. Yes, Lord, give me praise, Father. Beyond our galaxy, you are holy, holy. Precious Lord, precious Lord, reveal your heart to me. Father, hold me, hold me. Universe declares your majesty, you are holy. Heaven and
heaven and earth. Lord of heaven and earth. Lord of heaven and earth. Yes, Lord. You're Thank worthy, you, God, Jesus. Lord. Sing a song of celebration, lift up a shout of praise, for the bridegroom will come. Yes, Lord, the glorious one, and oh, we will look on his face, we'll go to a much better place. With all your might, lift up your hands and clap for joy. The times are near when he will appear. And oh, we will stand by his side. A strong, pure, spotless bride. song of the Lamb. Sing a song of celebration, lift up a shout of praise, for the bridegroom will come, the glorious one. And oh, we will look on his face. We'll go to a much better place. Dance with all your might. Lift up your hands and clap for joy. The time's drawing near when he will appear. And oh, we'll stand by his side. A strong spotless bride we will dance on the streets that are golden glorious bride and the great son of man from every tongue and tribe and nation will join in the song of the lamb we will dance on the streets that are golden glorious bride and the great son of man Every tongue and tribe and nation will join in the song of the land. Sing aloud for the time rejoicing is near. Sing aloud for the time of rejoicing is near. The risen King, our groom, he soon to appear. The risen King, our groom, he soon to appear. The wedding feast to is now here at hand. Lift up your voice, proclaim the coming land. We will dance 
streets that are golden, glorious, bright, and the great Son of Man. From every tongue and tribe and nation will join in the song of the Lamb. We will dance on the streets that are golden, glorious, bright, and the great Son of Man. Every tongue and tribe and nation will join in the song of the Lamb. We'll join. We'll join in the song of the Lamb. Yes, hallelujah, Lord. What a wedding we that'll be. What a day that will be. Dance. Lord God. I just love you so much. How you watch over us. You just amaze me, Father. You dance over me while I am a sing all around but I never hear the sound Lord I'm amazed by you Lord I'm amazed by you Lord I'm amazed by you how you love me You paint the morning sky with miracles in mind. My hope will always stand as you hold me in your hand. Lord, I'm amazed by you. Lord, I'm amazed by you. Lord, I'm amazed by you, how you love me. Lord, I'm amazed. Lord, I'm amazed by you. Lord, I'm amazed by you. Lord, I'm amazed by you, how you love me. How wide is your love, Lord? How wide.
Please pray with us. Go ahead. so very much have your way here today Lord I lift up Pastor Rob that he would have your words and that coldy suffering would not interfere with his words or his thoughts just be here today Lord we love you we're amazed by you Father well, say hello to somebody, maybe somebody you haven't ever met before. <laughs> and this week, be amazed by his love. Journey Church, how's everybody doing? Oh, I guess we're not doing today. <laughs> How y'all doing this morning? Let me hear you. Right. That'll do. <laughs> uh, well, good morning, you guys. So excited to have you here. Hey, if this is your first time here at the Journey Church, we would love to get connected with you. One way that you can do that is You'll see there's connection cards in the pockets of the seats. You can fill those out and then put them in the tithe and offering boxes that are in the back of the room here. Or as we collect tithe, the gentlemen will have little bags. You can put those cards in there as well. Um, so a couple of announcements for us. You may have noticed at the end of the hallway, there's a bunch of food down there. And then outside in the courtyard, there's all these random magazines. So um, <laughs> we were donated these magazines, and so they're free. So if you want one, you're welcome to grab one. And same thing with the food that's at the end of the hallway as well. Please help yourself to that. Um, also, today is the last day for the Operation Christmas Child boxes. So if you have those, um, bring them to me, and then we're going to load up my car after church, and I'm going to take them to where they need to go. Um, again, they do need to have a $10 uh, shipping with those, but if you don't have that, don't fret. As long as you have a box, we're happy to send it. Yeah, I mean, you're more than welcome to donate shipping if you'd like, whatever amount you can. Um, that's great if you weren't able to do a box. 
Um, but yeah, for sure all the boxes are, today's the final cutoff day for that. So yeah, that would be great. You can either um, put that in an envelope and put it in the tithe and offering boxes and just put Operation Christmas Child Shipping, um, or you can send me with a check, that's fine. What's that? 10, yeah, 10 per box. Yeah, and you can write Jesse Rogers on the check. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I kid, I kid. <laughs> um, all right. The next thing, you guys, so Illuminate Youth Group is doing their turkey bowl coming up this Tuesday night. Gobble, gobble, gobble. <laughs> um, and for those of you that haven't heard, that's right, turkey bowl. It, we bowl with a frozen turkey, and it's amazing. And um, so Youth Group is actually going to be starting early this week. So for those of you that don't know, it's going to start at 530. If you signed up to bring food, um, we do need that here by 6 o'clock. And if you also want to help with serving food, you're welcome to stick around, hang with the youth group kids. I'm sure they'll love to see you, and I'm sure you'll be really excited to hang out with them as well. We've got a couple over here. They're all <laughs> this one, this is my favorite, so we got to no. Yeah, so it's just a fun time. We get to bowl, and then we get to have a Thanksgiving dinner all together. So, again, that's this Tuesday night. Food needs to be here by 6. If you brought stuff today, that's great. We'll just keep it in the kitchen. Um, and then if you want to help serve, you can do that as well. Oh, and then if there's anybody, I do have a few things left to sign up for. For those of you that did sign up for food, um, I know this is kind of a big one, but <laughs> we are looking for an additional turkey to actually be cooked and brought and made. Um, if there's anybody that the Lord feels <laughs> presses on your heart to do that, that would be great. We're also looking for brown and white gravy, somebody to do that, and maybe some more mashed potatoes. So, yeah, just come find me, and we'll figure it all out. So, um, the last thing, uh, we are going to be doing decorating for the church for Christmas this Wednesday at about 5.30. I know that uh, the membership class got cut short. It's been only two weeks at. So if you were already planning on coming that third week, you can just come and help decorate, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> so I'll be here this Wednesday with whoever else wants to come and help decorate for Christmas with me. That would be awesome. And I think that's it. Oh, 5.30. Yeah, 5.30. Wednesday, 5.30, here, decorating Christmas. <laughs> Hanukkah. No. <laughs> We're going to do eight days, eight nights that we decorate. <laughs> All right. Well, with that, I want to read you guys something as you're getting ready to give for our tithes and offerings. And I don't know if we can put that up on the thing. There's nobody back there. Um, there's... Definitely different ways that you can give, but let me read this to you really quick. This was in my devotional this morning, and I thought it was just kind of a cool way to think about, like, as we trust in the Lord and how he helps us to get through and how tithing and offering is another way that we show that we trust God. And I just thought this was cool. It says, leave outcomes up to me. Follow me wherever I lead without worrying about how it will all turn out. Think of your life as an adventure with me as your guide and companion. Live in the now, concentrating on staying in step with me. When our path leads to a cliff, be willing to climb it with my help. When we come to a resting place, take time to be refreshed in my presence. Enjoy the rhythm of life lived close to me. 
You already know the ultimate destination of your journey, your entrance into heaven. So keep your focus on the path just before you, leaving outcomes up to me. John 10.4 says, when he has brought us out all his own, he goes on ahead of them and his, sorry, it's so tiny, I can hardly read it. <laughs> um, let me start that part again. It says, when he has brought out all, all his own, he goes on ahead of them and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. Psalm 27, 13 through 14 says, I am still confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and take heart and wait for the Lord. And then lastly, Exodus 15, 13 says, In your unfailing love, you will lead the people you have redeemed. In your strength, you will guide them to your holy dwelling. You guys, and I, I tied this back into our tithes and our offerings again because sometimes when we give, it's an act of trusting in him. It's an act of saying, Lord, I don't know, maybe I don't know where this next meal is coming from that I'm going to be eating, or maybe the bill isn't getting paid, but I'm still trusting because you've called us to do this. You've asked us to be obedient in our tithes and our offerings because we trust in you, and, and he's going to take us along that path. Here we are at the Journey Church, and every day we want to get one step closer to Jesus, and so we hold on to the promises that he gives us whether that's in our ties, whether that's in our relationships, whether that's in worship, whatever that might be, we want to trust in him. Amen? All right, so let's go ahead and pray for our ties and offerings. Father, you are so good, and we thank you that you do walk with us every step of the way. God, even though as we <laughs> I think about that poem, the footsteps in the sand, God, sometimes there's only one set of footsteps because you have to carry us, Lord. Sometimes there's a long line because you have to drag us. <laughs> but, but God, we trust in you. We know that you are with us every step of the way, Father. And as we give into this tithe and offering, Lord, we ask that we would um, be obedient to you, God, and, and pray that um, all these funds would go to help spread the word and the good news of who you are. Lord, we love you, and in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You know what my favorite part of Thanksgiving is? Let me show you. This is Uncle Jerome, but we just call him Uncle Butters because he puts butter on everything. Regina, it tastes like the Great Depression. Shh. This is my niece Lorraine and, oh, I don't know her. Uh, Lorraine, who's your friend? Happy Thanksgiving, Lorraine. Meet Unc. You know that family member that always says inappropriate things? Yeah, this is ours. Hey, Benny. What's the difference between a doctor, a lawyer, and a toilet? And we're moving quickly. <laughs> I haven't had direwolf meat this delicious since I dined with the Wizards of Pandoria a fortnight ago. This is my nephew, Derek. He still lives at home, and he's into role-playing. Patriarch, partake of this most delicious of smoked meats. Definitely not my favorite part. This is my cousin Rachel. Hey. You remembered! Pumpkin pie's the best! You're the best. <laughs> hey, grease those wheels up. We're gonna race Annie Joan down the hill after dessert. Hey! Who took my pumpkin pie? It was right here! You savages!
Don't worry. He'll be back. Thanks, honey. This is it. This is my favorite part of Thanksgiving, taking out the trash. I know what you're thinking. My family's kind of a mess, and we are. But that's not why this is my favorite part of Thanksgiving. You see, breaking away for just a moment, it gives me the opportunity to remember how much God has blessed me and to realize that generally he uses messy people to do it. For instance, Lorraine always invites people over who need a little encouragement. She is the hands and feet of Jesus, even if those hands are texting most of the time. Derek is different, but he's also the first one to help anytime someone needs a hand. Unc, he's not even really family. He's just a close friend, and he makes me feel better about myself. Regina and Jerome may be high maintenance, but when the recession hit, they paid my mortgage for a few months. When we're all packed in the house together, I tend to forget the, the good stuff. So, taking out the trash, it just gives me a, a moment out here. And I remember how much God loves us, how much he's blessed us, no matter how big a mess we are. It doesn't take much, just a moment or two. That's all it takes to thank him. Who are you talking to, Benny? You see this, Benny? Do you see this? Somebody threw away a perfectly good piece of pumpkin pie in the trash! Hooligans. They're all hooligans, I tell you. Back in my day, we didn't have pumpkin pie. We had squash. We had to crunch those up and put paprika and cinnamon on it. Nasty, but we ate it. This is pumpkin pie. This is the real deal. You don't throw it away. You keep it. You eat it. You save it. You freeze it. Thanksgiving. Believe it or not, it's Thanksgiving week. Amen. No, that doesn't work. Mm. It's that time of year again as we're preparing for lots of eating and family and time together. Amen. Amen. I hope you have plans to be with, with people this week. It's a great time to be with family and friends. <clears throat> mm. Turkey. Who likes turkey? Some people actually really like turkey. We get the, all the fixings for food on 
on Thursday. Gravy, stuffing, the real homemade kind, potatoes, not from a box. May you eat real mashed potatoes on Thursday is a, is a, is a wish, maybe. Um, it's a time to give thanks. You know, Thanksgiving, and I, I pray that all of you will take that time to think about what's happening in our lives and to, and to give thanks, and it's a great week to be doing that. Uh, we should be thankful all the time, um, but especially on the day of Thanksgiving for families to come together and even spend that couple of moments in asking each other, what are you thankful for this year? I'm, I'm thankful for so much this year, um, above other years for sure. Uh, a year ago today, I was sitting in a hospital room waiting for open heart surgery. And uh, tomorrow would be my, my day of, uh, you know, Monday, the, it was, is the day I had my, my quadruple bypass. And, and uh, my life changed this week on a couple days ago was my heart attack. And so uh, to be up here today, to be um, feeling good other than a cold going on, I thought that was kind of ironic. I, last year I had COVID for two weeks and then had a heart attack. And I'm like, this year I'm healthy. <coughs> But, uh, but I'm much healthier than I was last year, and I'm so grateful. It, it reminds me that how grateful I am for our church family who supported and loved and cared for us and, and did so much for my family. Last year for Thanksgiving, um, Shannon and the kids, uh, they spent it in a hotel room um, so they could be close to the hospital with me. Um, but folks from the, the church here made an entire Thanksgiving meal packed it in ice chests and sent it down to the hotel room so they could eat Thanksgiving dinner. And we have so much, so much to be grateful for. Um, after, after Thanksgiving, of course, is Black Friday. <laughs> now, what I think is really ironic about Thanksgiving and Black Friday is we spend the day telling each other that we're so grateful and we're so thankful for all that we have. And then the next morning we go out and buy more because I guess what we have isn't quite enough, is it? Uh, and, then, and then, of course, Christmas, where, where, again, I think that's wonderful as we are thinking of others to give presents. But presents aren't nearly as important as presents. You can give something to somebody, but much better to give of yourself, of your time. Give your presence rather than just a present. This morning, as, as we're going into Thanksgiving for uh, this week, and, and then we're you know, taking a break from Corinthians, we're going to spend time uh, talking about uh, the, the five weeks leading up to Christmas, the Advent season. Um, so this morning, of course, the, the, third, the Sunday before Thanksgiving, I want to talk about that. Are we thankful for what we have? Are we thankful for what we have? Being thankful is very difficult when times are, are difficult. And we're living in some tough times now. Um, different people are going through a lot of different things. But are we, are we thankful? Another way to say that is, are we content? Are we content? Sometimes I think you can, you can be thankful and yet not content. Um, I'm thankful for that, but... I want more. You, we want to develop, I want to talk this morning a little bit about um, thankfulness 
about gratitude, about being content. Um, we are a blessed people in this nation. I, I think one of the greatest things that we could do as, as individuals would be to take a trip to a, a third world or a developing country. Um, in fact, a lot of nations, even that are developed or, or semi-developed, the things that we have at our disposal greatly outweigh so much of what other people uh, struggle with. Yes, you know, living in Big Bear, we have a blessing that maybe not everyone in like L.A. or Anaheim does, that you can walk to your tap and turn on the water and actually drink it. Um, you, you, you technically can do that down the hill. It just tastes horrible. Um, you can't drink tap water in a lot of countries. You, 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 I know it's a simple thing, but you can't do that. And then, of course, there are the countries that don't have a tap. You know, they, they have to go and find their water or purchase water. There is nothing good if there is even, there's nothing even in the house. Um, we are a, a blessed, blessed nation. Um, I went, we did, a, we're giving away Thanksgiving baskets and um, we're, we're giving away a number of Thanksgiving baskets to people in the community and if you uh, cannot have a Thanksgiving meal because of finances, please uh, see us. We will make sure that you can have a Thanksgiving meal. Um, so Mike and I went and picked up uh, some food from the, uh, the Catholic Church where we're working with and then went and bought the rest over at the store. And when uh, Mike and I were walking around the store, we just kept marveling how expensive everything was. And, and I actually do, I do some of the shopping in my house, so I, I keep an eye on prices. Um, I'm kind of the price watcher, in fact. So I, I recognize that, that things are going up. And, and last year... Um, I know that a can of cranberries was not 250. You know, I mean, it's just, it's just really things have gotten really, really expensive as we're buying things. But you know what? I was able to pay for it. I didn't have to leave the store because there was not enough money to pay for it. Sure, we don't like paying the price. Oh my goodness, things are getting expensive. But most of us are still paying for it. We are blessed. Blessed indeed. I was in Ukraine um, in 1998 for a missions trip. And it was my uh, first time into the, the, the eastern countries there, the eastern bloc in a sense. Um, it was after the fall of the wall. And the country was, was really still in radical turmoil still. It was very different. I, I've done a lot of Latin America. Um, but I hadn't done that. And so uh, one day I went out of the apartment building, which I don't know if that was a smart thing or not, and I was walking around the little community um, and all the big apartment buildings, they all look the same, they're all gray, every apartment's the same. Even after the fall, it was very, felt very much like it probably did before with the communism. And I walked by these um, buildings that looked like a strip mall. There was a sidewalk in front of them and there was a number of buildings and I walked in front of one and it looked like it was a store but I looked through the window and I didn't see anything in there. So I thought it was probably closed. And then I saw somebody walk out. And then somebody walked in. So I, you know, I don't, I don't speak Russian other than I'm tired and a couple of phrases you have to learn um, you, in order to get around. And so I walked in the store kind of waiting for somebody to start yelling at me. I wouldn't understand it, but I just listened to the tone of voice and leave. Um, and I'm walking down into this, and it was a store, and I'm walking down these aisles, and I, 
I thought, well, maybe they, they're closed for business because there's nothing on the shelves. The shelves are almost completely bare, but every once in a while there'd be like a can of something on a shelf and another can and just here and there, random, just, I mean, literally maybe one can on a space this big. And I thought, well, they, they, must, they must have closed down or something. So I'm walking around and then I saw somebody pick something up and walk to the front and they bought it. And what I didn't, and, and so I talked to the people there, and I, what I didn't, hadn't realized is, no, the store was open for business. That's all the product that the store could get in order to sell. There was no supply. There was no supply line. Um, in fact, most people used the black market to buy even food. And, and I, was, I was blown away. See, I've been to third world countries where, where there's a lot of poverty. I mean, people don't have money to buy food, but the store has food. If you have money, you can buy food. When I was there, it's like even if you had money, there was really nothing to buy. Just we are a blessed people living in this nation. But even if we weren't in this nation, we'd be a blessed people because God is our God and He's our provider. When I think about contentment, uh, learning to be content with what we have or what we don't have. Uh, this is uh, something that um, my generation and the generations before, uh, we really need to learn from the generations before us. Uh, and, and many of those, my mom's era, um, they are passing away quickly and we need to learn lessons from them. Um, if you remember your grandmother, maybe your mother, um, opening the drawer and seeing all the twisty ties that came off of the bread that she saved, they saved them because they, didn't, they couldn't buy twist ties, so you saved them and reused them. Maybe you found that there was a drawer with old hamburger bun bags because, you, you, goodness gracious, you would not go and buy Ziploc bags. You would use the hamburger bag again and, a, and again. Um, they were people who didn't have a lot, and they learned to be uh, content. And one of the things that we don't have in today as much is people who are grateful for what they have. And, and I find myself looking at others and, and not being grateful and not being content myself. Uh, but Paul, uh, Paul was somebody, actually, I believe, in the Bible who learned the secret of contentment. Uh, if you go with me to Philippians chapter 4. Verse 11. It says, not that I am speaking of being in need, for I have learned in whatever situation I am, I am in, to be content. And he goes on, he says, I know how to be brought low and I know how to abound. In, every, in any and every circumstance, I've learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. Uh, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Paul learned the secret of, of contentment, and I think he actually learned it um, from an interesting place. Uh, he learned it from a, a great man, a king, uh, who had so much. Um, Paul learned how to extract joy and enjoyment from a world that actually can produce misery. The times that Paul lived in were tough. The, the times that we're living in are tough. The times that people are living in, in, in other countries are really, really tough. But Paul learned how to extract enjoyment, and that's what we need to learn. He says, that's what we need to learn as well. He says, I have learned 
It didn't come naturally. He had to learn it. And it's a, a lesson this morning that I'm hoping to give a couple of tools that we might learn how to extract more joy and, and uh, have more contentment um, if we can do this. Paul learned to be content by reading the scriptures. I've learned the secret. And he, where did he learn the secret? I think he learned it from reading somebody's personal journal. He, he, he had the opportunity to read somebody's journal and learn from it. Um, he, he read the journal of the wisest man who ever lived, and that's King Solomon. Solomon had riches. He had fame. Uh, he had a double portion of wisdom from God. Uh, he, had, uh, he had a relationship with the Queen of Sheba who, who brought tribute, and, and King Solomon received tribute every year of 666 talents of gold. And, and we go, that doesn't help. I don't know if that, you read numbers like that in the Bible, like, I have no idea. So let me, let me break that down for you. That's about 44,048 pounds. 44,048 pounds of gold. Now, um, it, it, with gold being about $1,300 an ounce, I actually think it's higher, but I don't even know what it is these days. It was up to 1800 but I think it came down for there. But, but using a $1,300 um, thing, that's $911,265,024. That was his tribute that came into him every year. Now, now, these days, a few years ago, that would have, wow, that's really impressive. Now there's, there's billionaires that, that make money like that. But $911,000,000 a year was his tribute. This guy had everything he could possibly want. Other kingdoms, other kings, people brought him things. He had it all. Josephus describes his wealth. Um, you know, he was so, so wealthy that one of his hobbies would be chariot races. And, and they would have three chariots. And he would be in the center chariot, and he would have these really, really good-looking men in the chariots next to him. You know, think of, like, you know, maybe Chris Hemsworth or something, Thor. Um, in, in the side chariots, and I should have, shouldn't have said that. Some of you ladies are going, I'm thinking about them. I, I'm, forgive me for that. Um, but they're, 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 he would, they would have these really good-looking people riding in their a shirtless or in their little thing and long hair, and they would sprinkle real gold in their hair so that the sun would sparkle on it, and, and he would ride in the center just so he looked good. I don't know. I, I think I would get really fat people next to me. People, you know, who really that I might actually look better than because then I would look better. But, um, you know, that's what he did. And he had the big chariot. And, and, and this is what he would do. He had, he had everything. In fact, we read that he says, all that my eyes desired, Solomon says this, I did not refuse them. All that my eyes desired, I did not refuse them. I, I go to Home Depot or, or Lowe's. You know, that's like the place guys like to go. And, you know, we say, oh, we hate shopping. We love to go to places like that, just kind of look around at the tools. I can't imagine being able to go into one of those places and just get whatever I wanted. All the my eyes desired, I did not refuse them. The end of his life, he puts it into a journal, and it's called Ecclesiastes. A lot of us skip over it um, because it's, it seems a little depressing if you've actually read it. Um, the, the theme of uh, Ecclesiastes is really this. Vanity, vanity, life is vanity. Yeah, let's read that book again. You know, it, it, it doesn't sound fun. But he says it, but it's, it's, just, it's just, well, the word is, is, is havel. It means vapor. Life is just a vapor. 
It's really meaningless. We, we work, we toil, we, we get things, but there's really no substance in it. It's kind of like this vapor. You can't even really grasp it. Now, now we purchase things and, and we have things and we can touch those, but in the, in the scheme of life, those things really are, are meaningless. And after he got those things, he realized they were kind of empty. You know, Shannon and I were talking about this. Um, psychologically speaking, the greatest part of, of a trip for, for the endorphin release and all that is the planning. It's actually the planning of it. Have you ever planned something and, and it's like you get all excited, then you get there and you're like, oh. I, I, I don't know if you've ever experienced that. You know, it's like, oh, that was, that was good. And then and what do you want to do? Immediately you want to start planning another thing because there's something in that. We, we tend to put uh, experiences or boats or RVs or, or whatever it is that we're trying to get, we kind of put them up there like, oh, that's going to make me happy. I'm going to get it. When we get it, we, we find it lacking just a, a little bit if we don't have the right uh, viewpoint, if we don't have the right attitude. We do that with, with relationships all the time. If you did that when you, were gonna get, when you got married, you were in for a surprise shortly after, weren't you? This is going to be the best thing ever. This is going to solve all my problems. I mean, marriage, it, it, it was held up as this pinnacle. And like, yes, there is nothing greater than, than being married. And then you get married, and within a couple of years, you're like, I'm still waiting. And some of you are like, I can't believe you're, you say that, Pastor. That's okay. If Shannon was here, she would, she would be saying that. In fact, I learned it from her. <laughs> you know, you know I, I thought, well, all you could want in life, Shannon, is to be married to me, right? And, and she's definitely a test. No. There, but, but we have these thoughts. And if we, if we don't have the right perspective, we think they're going to solve it. And we keep trying to get these things. And this is why we don't stop. So we try something and that doesn't do it, so we try something else, so that doesn't work, and we try something else. We're always looking for something because we don't actually have the right perspective in life. And so, so thank God most of us could not be like Solomon, who could just say, anything I wanted, I was able to have. Um, I, I've heard of a lot of wealthy people say that was one of the biggest curses, is having, having money, too much money, because, because it can be a never-ending thing. Life is a, a vapor. It's, it's in the moment. It's, it's now. That's another part of a vapor. Life is, is in the now. Don't miss the now. You know, those great little sayings out there, you know, you can't change the past. It's in the past. You can't, can't do anything about the future. You can only live in the present. It's a gift. That's why they call it the present. Live, live in the now. Live in the now. Um, we need to learn how to extract enjoyment from this, from this life. And, and I, don't have, I don't have all the secrets, but I think I have one secret. And there, there's, there's three types of people in the world. And just even saying that, I'm like, that is, don't you hate when people just narrow it out? There's only three types of people in the world. There's a lot more than that. But there are three types of people and maybe some in between. And one type of a person is 
imagine a conveyor belt, if you will, of, of, of apples. We'll just pick apples. And, and there's a conveyor belt of apples coming by. And one type of person sees these apples and he goes, oh, I remember yesterday's apple. <laughs> yesterday's apple. You get one apple a day and they go, oh, yesterday's apple, that was, that was the best. That was the best apple I've ever seen. It was the best apple I've ever tasted. It was, it was really good. You know, when I was in high school, I was the captain of the football team. Life was good when I was in high school. I was in Shea. That wasn't my story, by the way. Um, they're, they're always living in the past. Oh, do you remember? Oh, that was such a great time yesterday. And in fact, some, some people like that when, when they're telling you the stories. It's really fun uh, when, when people knew them back then and they're like, you know, it wasn't all that good. But that's a type of a person. They, they remember yesterday's apple. Um, another one is, is, gets this apple every day and, and they're like, uh, someday my good apple's going to come. I'm waiting for my... My, my great apple, it's, it's going to come. It's going to be amazing. The, the, no, I don't want that one. I don't want, no, my apple's coming. You know, someday I'm going to have the job I want. I'm going to have the life I want. I'm going to have the house I want. I'm going to have the marriage I want. Someday, someday my ship will come in. Some of you have waited years for your ship to come in. We, the, the, the sad part is we know this, the, the ship doesn't always come in. And we're waiting for something that may not even happen, but we enjoy that thinking and dreaming, and we're waiting for my perfect apple to come in. And, and the third person is, is when an apple comes, they say, this is my apple. And... Maybe it's not the best apple, but I'm going to enjoy this apple right now. I'm not, I'm not going to be thinking about yesterday's or waiting on the perfect one. I'm going to live in the moment. Today's apple isn't always good. And so it, it's just sometimes things happen in life. It's not real good. But even the bad things in life can turn out okay. Even the bad things in life can, can turn out okay. Did you know, did you know, this is a great fact for Thanksgiving, <clears throat> a horse can produce up to 50 pounds of manure a day. I'm like, yeah, wow, is that, is, is that really, I mean, according to what I read, uh, a horse can, that's a lot of, of, of manure. Um, And you go, how, how is that good? Well, you know, with, with manure, you can fertilize your gardens. You can fertilize your fields. You know, it's, 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 you know, it's not a lot, but there's something you, you, can, you can do. Um, you maybe even think uh, cows. Some of you maybe relate with cows better. Some of you feel like, you know, the, my neighbor on the left... Uh, owns the milk of the cow. The neighbor on my, on my right owns the meat, and I only get what comes out of the back end. That, that, that's sometimes how we feel. I mean, most of us. 
sometimes we feel that way. It's like, you know, that neighbor gets this and that neighbor gets this. And all I get is what's coming out of the back of the cow or back of the horse. I, I, it's no good. And, and I'll, let me tell you, sometimes that's what you're getting. I know. I've heard your stories. I've seen some of my stories. Sometimes you go, I, I, this is what I'm getting today, 50 pounds, 50 pounds of warm manure. See, sometimes you go to church and you, the message is always trying to be, everything's great, everything's positive. Sometimes life is, is really hard. And, and I, I don't want to make a pointer out too much, but um, we have a special guest in our congregation this morning. I'm not going to make her stand up, but we've been praying for her a lot in the last number of months. Holly Pierce, who's been in and out of the hospital, and we've been helping do meals and stuff. She got to church, to church this morning. And Holly has had more than a little trouble with her health in the last few years. She's had a lot of, a lot of hard stuff. She's had a lot of the middle of the cow. Sometimes things are rough. If, if you've ever really felt like that, ever, like even if it was just a day, raise your hand. Okay? The, the reason why is it's important to look around and go, wait, you too? You felt like that? Yeah, absolutely. We, we've, we've had those moments. So, some people, we're going get to get to there, if I can talk faster, um, they don't stay there long. And we're, why, why not? What, what's, what's different? And some people stay there longer. And, and it really has to do with what kind of a person you are, of what kind of apples are you waiting on yesterday's, tomorrow's, or, or today's. You own what comes out of the back end. That's yours. But sometimes there's gold in them dark hills. People have discovered how to get something good, even out of that. If you can tap into it, four cows pr uh, produce enough manure that produces enough methane gas to power one house. Sometimes we've got to figure out how to extract something good out of something bad. It's a gift, but it's also a talent. Some people, I feel like they're kind of gifted with that. They just always have a, a, a better outlook, and, and you, you, you kind of marvel with people. You just kind of keep that. It, I think for some, it's, it's a gift. I don't know if it's personality mixed with other things. Uh, there are some things that lead to that. But you can learn to extract enjoyment, to figure out how to get good from the bad. And I'm going to give us a couple hints today. If other people can figure out how to be thankful for, for that, then we should learn something. Teach, Ecclesiastes teaches us that you get an apple a day. Life comes. There is good. There is bad.
I had to start singing my Bible songs to find out where I was going in my Bible. Does anyone else ever do that? To find the Bible verses they're looking for, maybe sing a song. Start having to go through lots of books and go, yeah, there it is. There is an evil, uh, Ecclesiastes 6, 1. Sorry, I should have said that while I was looking for it. Ecclesiastes 6, 1 says this. There is an evil that I've seen under the sun, and it lies heavy on mankind. A man to whom God gives wealth, possessions, and honors, so that he lacks nothing of all that he desires, yet God does not give him power to enjoy them, but a stranger enjoys them. This is vanity. It is a grievous evil. That's kind of an interesting take. Now, Solomon's actually looking like there's these people who have a lot, and, and, and God hasn't given them the power to enjoy it. Someone else is enjoying it. I think most of us in this room, we're not a particularly wealthy group of people, you know, um, in general. Um, most of us would be going, yeah, I've seen that too. Wealthy people. We, I just heard the other day, and I'm going to get this uh, statistic a little bit wrong because I just heard it again, and I've heard so many variations of it. Um, I think it's 80% of the population of the world lives on $15 a day or less. 80% of the population of the world lives on $15 a day or less. That just put everybody in this room in the 20 percentile in the world. Now, you don't feel like you're in the 20 percentile of the world. I almost guarantee it. And, and it goes up. For all of us, we're actually far, farther over to like 10, maybe 5% of the world for most of us in this room. So when, when Solomon's saying that he's seen people who's, who's been given possessions and, and honor and wealth, in the world scheme, that's us. Every single one of us, that's us. We have, um, I, I don't think we have any homeless people this morning. We have a home. We, we have food. We had free snacks and coffee. I always think it's funny. People think that our church is, there's like a ton of people that comes to our church because the parking lot is so full. It's because everyone drives to church alone these days. Most of us came in a car, a car and a house. So for a moment, even though in the scheme of the United States, you might not feel like the wealthy, let's go to the scheme of the world and let's put ourselves as that's us. We have a lot. We've been blessed with wealth and, and possessions, um, honor. And it says, yet God does not give him the power to, en to enjoy them. And you go, what, is, what does that mean? He doesn't give the power to enjoy it. Well, the, 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 the answer, and I'm going to sum it up, is, is in the previous chapter. You can, get, you can read the chapter. He doesn't recognize that his, the things that he have are, are from God and that they're, they're, they're good. He, he goes through these two people of one who does and one who doesn't, and God 
doesn't give the, the man power who doesn't recognize that his things are a gift from God. The, the other guy in, in chapter 5, he rejoices in, him, in what he has, knowing that God has blessed him. Now, the word in here says the, the power, he doesn't give the power to enjoy it. It's a Hebrew word. It's a Hebrew word. The word is shalat. Shalat, S-H-A-L-A-T, if you were kind of writing that down. Shalat is, is a word that means to give power to. So God doesn't shalat some people. He doesn't give them the power to enjoy the wealth simply because they're not recognizing that it's a gift, that it's a blessing, that, that God has given them something. It's kind of a simple yet profound um, thought here. What you have, church, is a gift from God. What, 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 what we have, the things that we do have, is, is a blessing and it's a gift from God. Now, the problem is that you have things, but you also have difficulties. And when you're focused on the difficulties, when the difficulties first come in, they overwhelm all the good. I am really good at this. My, my kids know it. My wife knows it. When something bad happens, everything is bad. And I'm sure none of you can relate with this. None of you wives deal with this with your husbands. When something bad happens, everything is bad. I'm tempted to ask for people to raise their hand because I don't want to feel alone. But, <laughs> you know, and it's like, and then somebody comes in and says, yeah, but, but, but you have this and you have this and you have this. It just doesn't really help in the moment. I'm overwhelmed. I've given into it. And now everybody hates me. Nobody likes me. Let's eat some worms and die. According to Ecclesiastes and according to study after study, psychological studies, not, not just Christian, but there is a common denominator that helps to get out of depression, helps us to learn to be content, helps, causes us to be more resilient and spend less time when bad things happen in the depression, we come out of it quicker, and it's gratitude. Thankfulness and gratitude. It's, it's this secret to life. It's a secret to success. It's a secret to, to learning how to extract enjoyment from life, which can be very simple and mundane at time, but giving thanks. It's been wonderful to see this rise again. And over the years, I've been a Christian. I've seen kind of ebbs and flows, but I don't know if you've been watching. A lot of people are talking about... Um, gratitude lists and, and maybe getting a partner and saying, hey, let's hold each other and let's every day, let's write what we're grateful for. They call it the, the gratefuls. Yeah, I don't know if you know anyone who's doing it. Like, you know, I'm going to send you my gratefuls for the day. And people are sending them back and forth every day. It helps us to recognize what God has given us, even when there's bad things happening. We're not talking about denying the bad. What we're talking about is learning to be thankful and focused on the good. It's a cure for depression. The depression rates in this country are skyrocketing. <coughs> drastically, they went up drastically over COVID. 
Is, is it possible they went up during COVID because we had to stop pursuing so much? During COVID, you, you, you couldn't keep doing the things you were doing to numb yourself from life. You, you couldn't pursue the things that you were pursuing to kind of keep this big tr momentum train moving, and you got stuck with looking at your life, and you, you, you didn't like it. It's, it's real. But if we can learn to begin to look at our life and look at the things around and say, you know, I'm thankful for that. If, if we can look around and say, instead of saying, I hate the rain, we go, but the rain is what brings the flowers in the spring, the snow. I grumble about the snow sometimes. I don't always like the snow. It's cold. It's icy. It ruins my plans. But the snow's going to fill up the lake. The snow's going to bring life to the, to the vegetation around. What if, what if when we complained about the rain or the snow, God withheld the flowers from growing? Now, that would be a bummer, wouldn't it? A, a, a growing body of research suggests that maintaining an attitude of gratitude can improve your psychological, emotional, and physical well-being. And, and even this week, I was looking more and more. This, this studies back this up. Um, adults who frequently feel grateful have more energy, more optimism, more social connections, and more happiness than those who do not. Not uh, just simple. It's just awesome. According to studies conducted over the, the past decade, uh, they're also less likely to be depressed. They're less likely to be envious, greedy, and alcoholics. They're connected. These things can actually be connected. They earn more money, sleep more soundly, exercise more regularly, and have greater resistance to viral infections. Gratefulness. These are studies done Well, gratefulness. Now researchers are finding that gratitude brings similar benefits to, in children and adolescents. But I'm going to tell you the opposite is, is, is true. The converse is true too. Let me, let me finish this and I'll talk about the other just briefly. Kids who feel and act grateful tend to be less materialistic they get better grades. They set higher goals. They complain of fewer headaches and stomach aches. They feel more satisfied with their friends, families, and schools than those who don't practice gratitude. I don't know if you've noticed, and, and I'm not saying it's all kids. You know, we've got some teenagers in the room. But um, I've talked to a number of, of adults and parents and grandparents, and they go, Kids these days seem a lot less thankful than they used to be. They get stuff, and there's not always a thank you. you know, I, I could pick, pick on you, sir. You're a teacher. I don't know if you're even finding that as a teacher, that there's a, the kind of an attitude of expectation. Why do you thank somebody when you deserve it? That's just silly. And if you deserve it, you're not going to thank somebody. And so... We've walked away from thankfulness, but you know our kids have walked right into de de depression. About the time social media really started taking off, the suicide rates 
in uh, countries, Brazil is the one I'm thinking of specifically, uh, other third world countries, it's the same. There's more, the, the teen suicide rate has gone up in third world countries at about the same rate as uh, social media has gone and become more and more popular. And you go, well, what's the tie? Here, here's, the, here's the tie. Before social media, when you lived in a third world country, you didn't know you were poor. Some of you, I grew up, I didn't know I was poor. I didn't know, and we, we, were, we were poor. Sometimes I look back and go, man, we were poor. I didn't really know it. Social media has told everybody, has told you that everybody is, more, is better well off than you. They're better looking than you. They have more girlfriends than you. They have more boyfriends than you. They have better cars than you because people are sending all these pictures, and, pe and we consume them, and we go, wow, I don't have anything. I'm poor. I'm ugly. I'm fat. I'm... And so you know what now I am? I'm depressed. Depression is raised in countries. I actually, we were actually in, in Mexico, and, and a, a dear friend of ours basically said, thank you for ruining our country. You've exported all the bad stuff from your nation, and we've consumed it, and it's changed our nation. But we can change it again and help our children to change it to realize that every day we receive something from God. James 1.17 says that every good and perfect gift, 1.15 says every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father of heavenly lights who doesn't change. He gives us good, good gifts. Now, we, we have a problem, and social media has made it worse. Um, we, we have a... We have a nose problem in this country. We can't keep our nose out of everyone else's bag. We can't keep our nose out of everyone else's business. And, and, and it's, it's really hard because they're shoving their bag in our face. What I mean is we kind of like, what's in your purse? What do you got? What do you got in your bag? Well, I like what you have. Remember Halloween trick-or-treating? We used to do that with, tr with trick-or-treating. You come home, if you had a brother, a couple of you know, siblings, what would you get? What'd you get? Oh, you got Reese's. You got more Reese's than I got. We do that as adults. What do you have in your bag? Oh, you got that car. You got that house. You got that girlfriend. You got that boyfriend. You got this. You got that. We're always looking over in somebody else's bag to see what they have. And, and we're keeping our nose in their business instead of our own business. And it causes us to not be grateful for what we have. Let me go back to Ecclesiastes. Shouldn't have left. Six verse three. If a man fathers a hundred children and lives many years, so that the days of his years are many, but his soul is not satisfied with life's good things, and he also has no burial, I say that a stillborn child is better off than he. His life was a success, but he didn't think so. We're very good at looking at other people's lives and saying, you have so much to live for. You're so blessed. But we have a hard time looking at ourselves and saying, I have so much to live for. 
I'm so blessed. Enjoy there literally means to see. He sees, we have to see it. We have to see it in our mind's eye. We, we, we tend to argue with God about His plan for us. We're, we're mad about what He's put into our bag. God, why'd you, why'd you give this to me? Why did you make my body the way you made it? We get more upset about what he hasn't put into our bag instead of the blessings that he has put into our bag. The Bible says, in everything, give thanks. <coughs> Why do we give thanks? Because God needs it? Does God really need our thanks? I would say he doesn't. He doesn't need anything from us because if he needs something from us, then he's not omnipotent. He's not all-powerful. So why does, is, is God egocentric? A lot of people think, you know, especially unbelievers, they think God is egocentric, that he's this, this I, need, I need people's adoration, I need this love. He doesn't need it for himself. So why does he say give thanks? Because it's good for us. Exactly, Denise. It's good for us. He, he knows that that will put a perspective on our life that will be a blessing to us. You know, we come up with studies that say if you're thankful, you're, you, you feel better and you're healthier and you sleep better and all these things. We didn't create that. God created that and we're just discovering it. And we're like, you know, he goes, yeah, no, I, just trust me. Be thankful. Give thanks. Live a life of gratitude. Enjoy today's apple. I love to see people come a little early, stay late after church. You know, you know what they're doing? They're enjoying an apple. They're, they're chatting and laughing and, and having conversation. They're connecting. That's part of life. It's, it's a way to learn. Spending time with family. I really enjoyed the power outage the other day. It, it's, it, was not, it simplified things again. You learn to talk or you just kind of sit around. God is giving us good, good gifts. But if you're not enjoying it, let me, let me, you know, I gotta wrap this up. If you're not enjoying the things that God has given you, and if you, sometimes you step out, I imagine, and say things like, I don't know why I'm down. I don't know why I'm depressed, because I, I know that I've got a lot. I recognize I've got a lot. Why am I not enjoying it? Let me put this out as a possibility because God is not giving you the power to enjoy it. God's not giving you the power to enjoy it. And you go, well, that's mean of him. Uh, we've covered this, but well, that's awful mean of God. Why isn't he giving me the power to enjoy? He says, it's really simple. He will give you the power to enjoy what you have when you learn to give him thanks for what you have. He will shallot you. He will shallot you, give you power to enjoy life, to extract enjoyment out of every apple. He will give that to you if you will give him thanks. Eat and drink is now. Enjoy what you have. That's even what the scriptures say. 
we want to enjoy and give thanks for everything that we have. First Thessalonians 5.18, in fact, I've got pages of just scriptures of, of giving thanks, but give thanks in everything. And, and, and Ecclesiastes says, to rejoice in his labor, it is a gift of God. He knows it is a gift of God. He is grateful. Live today. Be grateful. Be thankful. Figure out what you have to be thankful for. Write some lists of things that you have to be thankful for. Why aren't we thankful? Expectations, if you, if you expect it, if you think you deserve it, you won't be thankful. Some people aren't thankful because it actually makes them feel indebted to somebody else. There are people who can't say thank you. They really have a hard time because the moment they do, they feel indebted to that person. But we are indebted to the Lord for sure. Recognize that we are dependent on Him. Appreciate every day as a gift from God. It's not an obligation of God. We are living in a world, everyone has, thinks they have the right to everything. It's my right. It's my right. It's a blessing. Apples are coming. Some of them are big and juicy. Some of them are small and ugly. Some of them are even slightly tart. Make a pie. Make some apple cider vinegar out of one of them. Figure out how to, how to extract enjoyment out of that. Give thanks. Be grateful for what you have. And, and he, you're going you're gonna to sum up the message if you haven't already done it in your mind. You know, sum up the message for you as you leave. This is going to help you to remember the whole message. God will give you the power to enjoy what you have when you give Him thanks. What's the word for giving you power to enjoy? Shalat. What do you need to do to get shalat? Thanks. Thanks, shalat. And with that, let's close. God, this message is for me. It's for all of us. I want to give you thanks right now. I have health. I have family. I have friends. I have a church. I live in a country that I'm still very, very blessed to live in. There's so many things. Lord, I pray that you would help us to count our many blessings, as the old hymn says, and name them one by one. Teach us to slow down and to give thanks and even write our gratitude lists, our gratefuls. Focus on those things that we might learn to be content. Learn to extract enjoyment out of this life. God, you are the giver of every good gift. We thank you. Help us to model it, live it for our kids. That they might understand that everything they have is also a blessing and a gift and not an obligation. That we might be a thankful people.
who could then enjoy that which is given to us. Bless us today as we go into this week. Lord, help us to truly give thanks that you might shalat us. In Jesus' name, amen.